Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So, yeah, I'm looking at this story here about uh, New York City pizza rules. They're cracking down on the wood and coal-fired pizzerias. Or ovens, I guess. The ovens that are coal-fired and wood-fired. Yeah, I'll get to that. Let me get to George here. Hello, George. Welcome to the program. What's going on? Hey, listen. Yes, sir. Uh, You know, first of all, abortion is killing babies. And this transgender thing is mutilating children, and yet they call it health care. Now, it's not that many years ago, as I recall, that there were Islamic countries were doing this to young girls. Still are. Huh? They still are. Yeah, but, you know, uh, and we were outraged by that, but now it's okay. And, and, you know, what? what is bothering me is, okay, we are not a democracy. Oh, right. Well, that's, a, okay. Yeah. We're a democratic, democratic republic. Yeah. But now we don't even have majority rule. What we're getting is minority rule. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean that that, that is high on this uh, Wagner group up there. You know they're supposed to be going to Belarus. Well, that's north, right north of uh, Kiev, and I think that what the, him and Putin are doing is playing rope a dope. Uh, with with who? With with Ukraine, he's going to go up there. To Belarus, and then he's going to come down to Kiev. Mm. I yeah, I fully acknowledge I am not an expert on uh, Russia. Well, neither am I. You know, far from it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, George, I appreciate the call. Touched on a lot of things there. Um, I think the um, it it is all part and parcel of the deconstruction of society of institutions and attacks on reality attacks on reality right to deny essential truth right biological sex you cannot change that you're talking about personality and and how you want to represent yourself to other people in the world and how you want to dress and behave and all of that fine but like the the fact that you are the fact that you are uh you know, carving up your body in order to make yourself look like the other sex proves that there are just the two. Right there. And I, and honestly, if if you haven't seen, and I do not encourage you to go find them, but maybe read some descriptions. I've given some descriptions. This the the process that occurs to do this to yourself yeah, i mean it's it's catastrophic and it's in many ways barbaric um 
And I cannot believe that there are medical professionals that do it. And the more I learn about it, the more radicalized I become on it, the more Matt Walshy I be, I get. I, I yeah, I mean, I used to, I I used to believe. Oh, they say you know different. You know, the gender is on a spectrum, and to me, that did make some bit of sense because. You know, you, you have a very effeminate male, but they're still heterosexual. You have, you know, a very uh, masculine kind of a female, but she's heterosexual. Or maybe she's maybe she's a lesbian, too. Like, there are all these different, you know, different strokes for different folks. And I never really cared. It didn't matter to me. But this is why, what has changed is now it's the coming after your kids. That, that, that like... It was all fun and games until you did that, you know? Now, now the mood all changed, to quote the philosopher Eminem. So uh, this is where the pushback is coming from. These are not attacks that were launched initially by the right. It's not even a... It's, and that's the other thing, too. I saw uh, James Lindsay over the weekend has been... <laughs> he's been spamming with all these pictures of things that have now been labeled as far right. And what the left... I mean, I, I, I'm amazed but also confounded at the willingness on the left to just abandon things that are held, you know, beliefs or, or things that are popular, uh, th- these ideas that are held by a great number of people. And, and I ran through the polling on this, what, yet, uh, last week, where uh, the debate is shifting. They're losing this argument. They're losing the transgender argument. And it's because they're coming for the kids. And parents are terrified that their kid's next. And I would be too. I'm worried for my nieces and nephews about it. One or two TikTok videos and social contagion acquired. And that is one of them. The rapid onset gender dysphoria, the ROGD. Yeah. All of a sudden, seven teenage girls, all friends, all become trans. Really? And you don't think there's something else going on there? You don't think maybe women's uh, ability to be far more empathetic than men's? Do you think that might have something to do with the huge explosion of, of transgenderism among young girls? Because it used to just kind of be guys. That was f- like forever. It was only a very small portion of the population and it was mostly boys wanting to be girls. And now all of a sudden it's just like... <clears throat> Girls wanting to be boys, and we don't think there's any kind of outside influence on that whatsoever. The tearing down of norms. The tearing down of institutions. Oh, here's one. I saw them advertising, actually, over on uh, Fox News. BlackRock. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the appropriately named, said he's no longer using the term... E-S-G. He's going underground. (laughs) No, he says it's become politically weaponized, and he's ashamed to be a part of the debate on the issue. So it's been weaponized. E-S-G has been weaponized. What does he mean? Pushback. So E-S-G was fine while you were doing it, and you were cramming down these rules on businesses. You were using other people's money to leverage to get businesses to do different things that you wanted for political, ideological purposes. And then people were like, whoa, 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 what are you doing with all of our money? 
And now it's, oh, 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 it's weaponized. I read this story, and I say victory. Right? The term is toxic now because people know what it is. It's just like critical race theory. The term became toxic, just like the term liberal. It became toxic, just like progressive. It became toxic, although you give people a couple of decades off and then they forget how toxic it was, and now we're back to progressive again. The world's largest asset manager frames its investment approach, how it does so, is a leading indicator for the market because they manage $9 trillion. Axios.com reports in a conversation at the Aspen Ideas Festival on Sunday, Fink acknowledged that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to pull $2 billion in assets hurt his firm in 2022. But he made it clear last year that was his company's best with net flows of $200 billion from U.S. clients. He said, quote, I am ashamed of being part of this conversation. When I write these investment letters, it was never meant to be a political statement. They were written to identify long-term issues to our long-term investors. By the way, happy death day. We were all supposed to be dead from climate change, according to the prognosticator Greta Thunberg. How dare you? She made the prediction we'd be dead by now. I think it was today or yesterday. I forgot to, which was, yeah, I forgot to, I forgot to double check that, the exact date, mainly because I died already from net neutrality. So um, when pressed on the statement later in the conversation, he backtracked and he said, I never said I was ashamed. Well, he, he did say that, but then he said he didn't say it. I'm not ashamed. I do believe in conscientious capitalism is what he calls it. I'm not going to use the word ESG <clears throat> because it's been misused by the far left and the far right. Let's take the W on this one, folks. I did get this other email. Let me, uh, yeah. Mike. Who is performing surgery on minors? Minors cannot legally enter into a contract. I doubt they have the means to pay either. Most surgeons want you to sign papers before performing surgery. How much of the right to surgery the ACLU supports would not happen anyway because kids can't legally sign for it. Well, that's, so... This is what the ACLU is lobbying for. This is what they're pushing for and they're suing over is to try to get laws that carve out parental consent laws when it comes to, quote, reproductive surgeries. And they count transgender surgeries as reproductive, even though it's literally the opposite of it. It literally prohibits you from ever reproducing. So um, ESG. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says he's ashamed of it. Then when he's asked about it, says, I never said that, even though there's a record of him saying it, whatever. But he's at some conference. And look, that's fine. That's one of those things where one of the things I was taught in journalism school is when you uh, are doing an interview with somebody and they say something that's newsworthy, like, uh, like shockingly so. Like if anybody remembers Bill James, the county commissioner, Mecklenburg County Commissioner, I had to, I would usually follow up and ask him, are you sure you <laughs> meant to say that? And he would always say yes. <laughs> but uh, it is required of you, ethically, to ask again. All right, you just said this. Are you, 
Did you mean that? Is that what you meant to say? Because that's what it sounds like. I just want to be clear. I'm quoting you correctly. So fine. You know, he's, he did, he says, I never I didn't mean that or I didn't say that. Okay, fine. So he, he walks it back. But the victory here is that he doesn't want to use the term ESG anymore because it's it's become toxic. Because if it wasn't, he'd still use it. Right? Okay. So here's what ESG looks like in practice. Coal-fired ovens, wood-fired ovens. The New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice carbon emissions by up to 75%. This is what they're going after in New York. (laughs) Yeah. There's... But, I mean, it's a huge problem. There's a, it's a huge problem. I mean, you think, I mean, New York, think about how many pizzerias are in New York, right? I don't know how many there are, but there are a lot. A city official said that under 100 restaurants would be impacted. Oh, wait, that doesn't sound like a lot at all. Wait, there's only... There's less than 100 in the entire city that would actually. All right. The rule would require pizzerias with such ovens installed prior to May of 2016. If you had an oven installed before May 2016, you got to go out and buy emission control devices. With the owner of one Brooklyn joint saying that he has already tossed $20,000 on an air filter system in anticipation of the new mandate. So scrubbers. They got to put scrubbers in. He says it's a big expense. Paul Gione, or Giannone, the owner of Pauly G's in Greenpoint, quote, it's not just the expense of having it installed, it's the maintenance. I got to pay somebody to do it, to go up there every couple of weeks and hose it down and do the maintenance. This is a story, by the way, at uh, the New York Post. This is an unfunded mandate, and it's going to cost us a fortune, not to mention ruining the taste of the pizza, totally destroying the product. Now, I'm well, I'll give you this other quote. Um, you bleep around with the temperature in the oven and you change the taste. That pipe, that chimney, it's that size to create the perfect updraft. Keeps the temperature perfect. It's an art as much as a science. You take away that char, the thing that makes the pizza taste great, you kill it. And for what? You really think that you're changing the environment with these eight or nine pizza ovens? Well, I mean, there are more than eight or nine. But still, I'm not so sure. There's one of the um, G, the guy at Pauly G says... That uh, despite assertions to the contrary, the air scrubbers don't affect the quality uh, or the taste or the texture. He says if somebody's trying to say that putting the scrubber in changes the flavor, they're just trying to save themselves $20,000. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn Heights resident Savi Sharma, 32, a financier who brought her parents and cousin from uh, India, uh, bought them their first slice at Grimaldi's. She said, quote, I'm all for responsible environmental justice, but tell Al Gore to just take one less private jet or something. Give me a break. (laughs) There you go. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. There is a video of a New York uh, guy shows up at City Hall. He's got four or five pizza boxes. He reads a statement (laughs) saying how uh, New York has been, I will clean this up, wussified um talking about the gay pride marches through the streets yesterday with naked men showing their junk and such to little children and what happened to us we used to be you know thick-skinned new yorkers that loved pizza now you come after pizza and as comfortably smug points out the italians are now rising up against the climate death cult and he takes he then takes the boxes over to the uh the exterior wrought iron gate around city hall he calls it the new york pizza party like the boston tea party the new york pizza party he then proceeds to take the the pizza pulling each slice off and these are big new york style pizzas right these are big slices and he starts flinging them over the gate at the city hall and everyone he throws over he's saying give me pizza or give me death give me pizza give me death so there you go that's uh, that's the city of New York having uh, just a really solid one right there. Emery, welcome to the program. How are you? Great, Pete. Number one, I don't know if I've ever called you, but it's an honor to speak to you. Oh, that's and I've listened to you since day one, and I thank you very much. Your sarcasm, your education, and your entertainment, and I agree with all of it. Well, thank you, sir. It's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've got a pizza oven out in my backyard. Are they going to come tear it down? I've got a fire pit in my backyard. Are they going to tear it down? I've got a wood fireplace in my house. Are they going to tear it down? I've got two gas stoves in my house. Are they going to come repossess those? And I've got two gas fireplaces in my house. Are they going to come take those? I'd like to see them try to do it. Well, I think what you've just what a, described is a very good case. Do, like you're you're like a war criminal or something with that kind of uh, <laughs> with that kind of and, lineup and I'm going. Scared to death. <laughs> I'm scared to death to get my real name. People going to show up tonight wanting a damn pizza. Oh well, that, that could happen. That now, could happen. You want one, I'll, te- I'll text you my address. No, no. People text your people, man. <laughs> but I mean, you know. I don't use my pizza oven every day. Probably hadn't used it in a year because it's so daggum hot out on my patio yeah. in the summertime. But, you know, it's fun. Kids come over here, and I don't have kids anymore. My kid's 26. But when his buddies come over here, first thing I do is fire up that pizza oven. And when they leave, it goes out, and I probably won't light it up again. Right. But people enjoy and it takes me 90 seconds to cook a 16-inch pizza with everything on it. Oh, wow. Tell them to come, tell them to come get it, Pete. 
<laughs> yeah. Next time I fire, next time I fire it up, I'm I will find out. How, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'll find a way to get in touch with you. Oh, that hey, I, I don't eat a lot of pizza. Up. I don't eat a lot of pizza anymore. Um, but with dropping all of the weight, I appreciate the offer though. But so here's the thing. Uh, so the the wood fired pizza. Um, cause like I worked in a pizzeria in New York, but it was all gas ovens. Uh, they were all gas, but they had, you know, the, the, the slab or whatever, the, the stone that it, the pizzas slide in on, but the heat was done yeah. by gas. So the wood fired pizza, like that kind of became like a new faddish kind of a thing, right? Like around 10 years ago, I want to say where people like got like yourself, right? You got a, you got a pizza oven built into your, your outdoor patio. And I saw, you know, restaurants that were touting wood fired pizza and all this as, you know, cause th- there's a marketing advantage to it, I assume. Yeah. I've, I've got a house up in Shelby and we, I did the tour up there of the wood fired pizza places but they had gas in them also. Hmm. We're just solid wood. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Hey, Emery, I appreciate the call, buddy. Good to talk with you. Thanks for making the call. Thanks, Pete. All right, buddy. See you. Thanks, Pete. Have a uh, good day, buddy. I will. I'm, well, I'm going to try. So far, so good. I'm not bleeding from my ears, so I'm off to a good start. Um, the So what Emery described there is experience, right? The wood fire... Uh, coffee or coffee. The wood-fired uh, pizza oven is not about the. It's not even really about the pizza per se. It's about the experience that the kids come over, and it's a thing that everybody can gather around and be a part of. And in the process, you have an experience and you make memories. And not that I'm saying that that's the thing for these pizza shops in New York City. Uh, they're just you know they're stores. They don't want to spend the twenty thousand dollars or whatever it is to have to outfit their their uh, ovens with scrubbers. However, it does bring me to the story about Bojangles. Have you heard the story about Bojangles? Well, I should say it this way. Have you heard the scaremongering about Bojangles? Yeah. They're not going to stop selling chicken. People, man, what's wrong with you people? So here is WCNC story. Is Bojangles getting out of the chicken business? No. Just to answer the question, no. Um, also, let's see here. Biz- Triangle Business Journal. Bojangles to dump chicken? No. Um, Charlotte Business Journal. Why Bojangles CEO is steering restaurant chain, quote, out of the chicken business? Yeah, no. WSOC, Bojangles CEO steering restaurant chain out of chicken business. No, no, it's not happening. They're not getting out of the chicken business. They're getting out of the bone-in chicken business. And only in a couple of new stores, (laughs) all of the existing ones, are still going to have bone-in chicken. But media sucks. And so they write these headlines because the company CEO told QSR Magazine that he would, quote, like to get out of the chicken business. I want to get into the experience business. See? He's not get. They're not stopping the chicken. It means, he says, you have to have great people who enjoy taking care of customers, so we begin by taking care of our people. This is, so I, I was reading it, the, uh, biz, the Charlotte Ledger, and Tony Messia 
uh, wrote a piece on this, um, the way the media has been handling this. He's exactly right. He says, we get that headlines can be hard to write. And in isolation, the quote from the CEO sounds provocative, but it would seem to be an intentional omission to exclude the second part, which is I want to get into the experience business part. That's how CEOs talk. They like to characterize their businesses as having higher purposes, like surpassing customers' expectations, you know, rather than just slinging chicken, right? The original trade publication uh, resisted the temptation to sensationalize this story. Their headline was, ready to grow again, Bojangles is going all in on experience. Likewise, news organizations should have a higher purpose than crafting provocative headlines just for clicks. At a time when trust in media is at historic lows, spreading false news further erodes that trust. Half of Americans get their news from social media. The rest form opinions based on headlines. But media often use headlines not to spread information, but to entice people to click on the articles. Part of a desperate and decaying business model that seeks to pump up web traffic and sell advertising. Ideally, media should call out misinformation and not spread it. Kudos to Tony Messia for that. He's exactly right. Exactly right. It's always been my argument on these headlines in uh, the legacy media outlets. They're, they are designed to uh, entice you in, right? And they mislead. And so many people never read the story. They see the headline, and that's all they see. And social media has made it worse because you share a link, and it's just the headline, and people never click the story. Be responsible. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Jan says uh, ESG likely jumped the shark. I mean, even the most hardcore eco-warrior still demands pizza. I mean, it might have to be gluten-free and vegan and all that, but still. Right? That's true. Then they came for the pizza. And that's when we revolted. Herb, welcome to the program. Hello, Herb. Hey, Pete. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Good. Good. I, I just started listening to the uh, subject matter, but uh, I'd like to say that these people want to shut down ovens and things like that, wood-burning bu- uh, fires. Uh, they have... Uh, no amount of pollution when you compare it to the volcanoes around the world. And I'm talking active volcanoes. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to do? Pass a law to plug all volcanoes? Shh. I, it, it's Shh. Herb, do not give them any ideas. Why? <laughs> You're throwing that out there. You don't know who's listening. Um, or, no, you know what? Scrubbers. We could put scrubbers. You, Pete, uh, these people are so foolish and so stu- uh, superstitious that you cannot uh, use reason with them and factual data. 
And the last little tidbit I'll give you to, to buttress that, they look at the, the uh, poll numbers for Trump. Those numbers are not so much for Trump. They are against what the Democratic mindset is doing. They don't understand that. Well, sure, but well, but the yeah, I mean, are you, there are people who I mean, we went over some of the polling earlier, and you've got the I mean, Trump is down to Biden or essentially tied in all of the the polls, and so it, it, the the country appears to be evenly split. No, too early in the game. Too early too in the early. game for what? Yeah. For, for the, the numbers can go in any direction. See, I'm not so sure about that. I think that is true. When you have unknown candidates and uh, there is still the ability to introduce yourself to people, right, who are uh, undecided, they're not paying attention. So I agree with you in in a in a race where you don't know and the public doesn't know that's not paying attention yet. They don't know who the candidates are. But with both of these guys, Biden and Trump, I think everybody knows exactly who they are. It doesn't everyone has an opinion on them already. And so they both have floors and they both have ceilings. Right. We've got to get rid of all the other ones first. All, well, well, you know, but it, even but that's the problem. I mean, you look at the polling and that Biden beats Trump, but DeSantis beats Biden. <laughs> because he yeah, because he doesn't have the negatives that that Trump does. So, well, uh, like I said, it's still early in the game. Yeah. You no, know, that's it's the same issue that Pat McCrory ran into in his primary. People knew who he was because he was the governor for four years. You know, mm-hmm. they already knew who he was. And, and so his ceiling was already in place. There weren't a lot of people that didn't know who he was, who could then develop a positive uh, opinion of him and vote for him. Right. I, I grant I grant you that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And look, I'm not predicting any kind of outcome. I, I gave that up in 2016. But I but I do look at the trends on the polling and the trends always show the same thing that that Biden beats Trump and Biden loses to DeSantis. And so I just wonder, well, does that, is this like a kamikaze run? If that's true, it's going to be fun. So if that, so are you a Trump supporter? Uh, no. Okay. I am a supporter of sanity. <laughs> All right. So I don't know why you chose to juxtapose those two items, but okay. The, the, uh, the, my, my question is for a lot of Trump supporters, like, is this a kamikaze run? In other words, it's your guy or no one else, and you're going to force the country to make this decision yet again. And if the polling is true, then you get, we, get, we get a President Harris, right? Because that's what's going to happen, I assume. Um, uh, that frightens me also. Yeah. I saw a woman what at the uh, – uh, there was a woman at the Charlotte – rally for Kamala Harris, and she uh, apparently has a, a tattoo of Kamala Harris's face on her calf. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not sure that's the tattoo I would have gone with, or any politician for that matter, but, uh, you know, to each their own, I guess. Uh, Herb, I appreciate the call. Okay, Pete. All right, thanks. Nice chatting with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big one. It's, a, it's like a big face tattooed right on the back of the calf. And so I just, I sent out a tweet with a picture of it, and I said, don't fall in love with politicians. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Nothing good comes with it. They're just going to break your heart. 
Every time. Um, all right, so I am filling in for Brett Winterbull, so uh, for one hour. Uh, so th- we're not done yet. So if I've said something that has really inspired you to call, feel free to do so in the next hour. Uh, or uh, if you know, you can also email Pete at the PeteCallenderShow.com or on Twitter at Pete Callender. But um, also, if I said something that really angered you, you don't have to call either. That's fine too. Or you can. That's fine either way. I was talking about ESG. You know who's killing the ESG scores? Just going gangbusters on it? Apparently, it's a very, very good industry. Tobacco companies. Yeah, who knew? Man, they've hired a bunch of DEI officials and stuff. They did a bunch of, like, they put in place plans and policies. They're just knocking that ESG score right out of the park. Almost like it's a scam. (laughs) 